0: Hello there. We would be
1: honoured if you would join us. You're right about one thing, Captain.
0: We are no Jedi. Hello and welcome to the Ahsoka podcast, where we review all episodes of one of our top-tier Star Wars shows. And today, we are in for a treat as we review the Episode 8 season Finale. That's right, the season finale, as noted by StarWars.com, not worded as the series finale. What does that say about what's coming next? Well, we're going to dive into that in just a moment or two. This is part of the Nerd Podcast Network, and this show is an offshoot of our usual weekly Star Wars podcast, Spark of Rebellion, where we discuss every little thing star wars oriented and we'll be back to that next week and if you are actually listening to this in your podcast app of choice and you found this by searching for a soaker review or any of those kind of phrases welcome but if you're also listening through your original spark of rebellion feed as well well we appreciate you so thank you to everyone that supports us if you want to get involved if you love star wars and you like what we do you can actually support us at sparkofrebellion.com slash support i am mark and joining me this week is the mannequin himself, it is of course Mr. Gary Aylert, you alright my man?
1: I'm good thanks buddy, yeah still good. buzzing after the old finale, you and I only watched it mere minutes ago, so still uh, still buzzing after that which is good, it's always that little bit of um, sort of uh, tingly feeling, don't want to be rude, but a tingly feeling after you've just watched some Star Wars, so yeah, I'm good thanks mate, yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. And uh, I was going to ask what you've done Star Wars, but I'm not going to bother because we recorded, we put out a late episode review in episode seven a couple of days ago, and you've not had a chance to do much except watch circus. So we're going to skip that for mm-hmm. this episode and uh, we're going to get straight to it. So we're going to do a bit of a quick recap. And then what we do, if you are new to the show, we will do our scores on the doors and then we'll dive deep into everything about this episode. All right. All it is, <laughs> throne. He's back, isn't he? Thrawn's back, and Morgan Elspeth, she's like she's getting ready to crack on. Get back over to our galaxy with old Thrawn. The cargo is loaded onto the Chimera, but guess what? That's right. The good guys are still knocking about. So Thrawn says to himself, "Well, let's send a few Tie Fighters out. Yeah, get rid of them." Big issue. Sabine wipes out the TIE fighters, right? So it wipes them out by sort of doing like a cheap holdover manoeuvre on them and ruining the ship until later, when the ship's not ruined. So good garage skills. So what does old Thrawny boy do? He sends out some troops, doesn't he? Some of the old night troopers to go and beat up on Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka. But the good news is Morgan Elspeth, she's worked hard all these years looking out for Thrawn. Yeah, a reward, hard work, says Thrawn to himself. So, the old Knight Sisters, they give her an upgrade, a promotion. They basically turn her into a bona fide Knight Sister and bring out of nowhere one of Mace Windu's favourite swords, according to the Clone Wars episode. The old blade of Talzin. That's right, Mother Chuffing Talzin from the Clone Wars. Her blade is gifted to Morgan Elspeth. And well, we see that a little bit later on. So, we're cracking on. We see our good guys Ezra, Sabine, Ahsoka, heading off to this temple to stop the Chimera from leaving and popping over back to our galaxy. Anyway, they beat through all of these night troopers, but guess what? The Night Sisters do what we thought they were going to do reanimate them. They are dead, they are zombies. And that's a surprise for our heroes, I can tell you. They just beat him up again. But then actually, they think to themselves, why are we doing this? Why don't we run up these castle-like spiral staircases, get to the top, shut the door, beat up on the main boss. So that's what they do in the end. But we do get to see some pretty badass night trooper stuff. We get to see some zombie faces. We get to see some very creepy-esque night trooper movement. We get to the top. What goes on? That's right, Morgan Elspeth there with that bloody blade of towels in. Ahsoka takes over, says, you two, kids, Sabine, Ezra, you stop throwing her. I'll deal with this. She bloody does as well. She bloody does. Massive fight. Cracking fight, actually. Really good fight. We think Ahsoka's going to lose it because one of her little lightsabers gets chopped in two. Unbelievable, Jeff. But after taking on a few night troopers who then just stand around in a circle, Ahsoka takes down Morgan Elspeth with not only that one lightsaber she's got left, but the playhead of bloody in again. It's a dual hit, dead as a donut. Or is she? We don't know. She's a knight sister now. All the while, you'll never believe it. You'll never believe this. You remember the old Death Troopers from uh, The Mandalorian season two? Oh, Gideon had some. Well, Thrawn had some. Got a couple of them as well. So just before Ezra and Sabine are ready to get on the chimera, guess what happens? Two of these death troopers step in their way. They're dead too. (sighs) All starts to go a bit pear-shaped. They both lose their lightsabers. Sabine gets pinned against the wall. It's all over until... (coughs) (hums) The Force. That's right. She drags a lightsaber over. And she stabs the zombie death trooper through the bloody head. Through the bloody head in a very cool visual. Ezra, who built his own lightsaber earlier on in a sequence featuring Hu Yang, being a little bit banterful, and who also saved Kane and Jarrus' spare part, just Kane and Jarrus' just in case, which is a right bit of luck, to finish off Ezra's lightsaber. Well, Ezra does the same thing, drags his old lightsaber back, they beat upon the Death Troopers, and then somehow Sabine is now mega good with the Force because they pull off one of Kanan and Ezra's very famous Force jumps, pop Ezra over onto the Chimera just as it's leaving and where he lands next to what appears to be a Jedi starship, but we'll talk about that later, which is in the Chimera, weirdly. And we just think that Sabine has left Ahsoka to die, but she hasn't. She hasn't. So they end up teaming up again because that's the message, isn't it? Anyway, fast forward a little bit. Old Thrawny, he makes it back to, guess where? Chuffing Dathomir. Not before having a little bit of banter about with Ahsoka. Saying, it's a shame we'll never meet, but I admire you. Knew your master. Old Anakin, didn't I? Didn't happen in the end. Anyway, Sabine and Ahsoka. They're stranded, aren't they? With Huyang Yang and their Jedi starfighter. On Peridia, in a different galaxy. Thrawn makes it back to Dathomir. We get a really nice Ezra moment where he pretends to be a stormtrooper as Ezra always does, steals the armour, flies the weird Jedi starfighter that I think is from Rebels when he landed on the Chimera the first time, but why Thrawn left it there, I've got no idea. Uh, anyway, he stole stole it, goes back to the Rebellion or to the Resistance, the New 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 Republic, whatever they're called these days, and uh, has an emotional, little emotional hello with Chopper first, who sniffed him out in the armour, and then with Hera, who welled up a little bit. Very cute moment. And uh, back on Peridia, Shin looks like she's now the leader of the, 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 the Tuscan Raiders, which is clearly what they are, like samurai Tuscan Raiders. And then, in a mental, off you see, what the hell moment, Bale and Skull looks at the power that has been calling in the distance, which looks a little bit like Sauron, but he's standing on the statue. Of the gods of Chuffy Mortis. The father, the son, and the headless daughter. Because, of course, she's dead. Or is she? Because we see a wonderful little Mori bird making her first appearance. Giving some hope to Ahsoka. Ahsoka the White. And then, just as we wrap this entire series up, of course, Sabine and Ahsoka have a little cute moment. Sabine can feel... shadows in the darkness and uh, Ahsoka has a little glint in her eye as we fade back out to see none other than Force Ghost, Anakin chuffing Skywalker in his Jedi Master robes, give a little smile and we close out boom, that's it, season one done there's your recap Gazlar. what did you think? and
1: that's Jenga yeah, Uno that's a nice detail one dude
0: I know, Sorry yeah. about that. So, got a bit
1: deep, didn't I? No, it's good. I like it. Uh, got an hour. It's fine. Um, so I thought the I, I love this episode, first of all. I love this episode. It's, it's a badass episode, probably the best in the season. But at the same time, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I think I feel similarly on this one. At the same time, I think, um, Let me get that bit out of the way first, because I don't want to be a negative ninny for the remainder of the podcast. But I feel like it was just a, a borrowed bag of tricks from other stuff, essentially. What I mean by that is, scene after scene, it was like, oh, we've had a very similar thing said, haven't we, before? The whole do or do not, there is no try sort of thing. And Sabine says that. And then... um the the thing with the mortis statue it's just we've said it before a few times with ahsoka the white as well some of that stuff is just ripped straight out of the peter jackson lord of the ring stuff almost like there's a there's a bit in the the fellowship of the ring where they're sailing through and they see the argonaut like the big statues and they look almost the same like the same pose with a big pointing statue with a finger and stuff and uh And then we have this thing with Sabine, which is just an echo of what they did with Rey, where Rey's like this Force-sensitive person. And then all of a sudden, like the snap of her fingers, she's got all these Force powers and it's brilliant. And it's the same thing happened with Sabine. She's like, oh, I don't know if I can be a Jedi, you know, I'm pretty shit. Yeah, it
0: was a bit much the whole, like, the (laughs) lightsaber was moving and then it came to her hand. And you saw how quickly Ezra's went to his hand. Like, that that was much, much stronger and much better. And then, like, the second later, she was like, oh... I can push an entire person all that way. Yeah, I get mm-hmm. that, mate.
1: Yeah, and it's and again, just borrowing other stuff, like when she's when she's being held up by her throat by the the Death Trooper. She, it's like the scene where Luke's hanging upside down with the Wampers about to come, and he's trying to summon the lightsaber, and you see it rattle a little bit, and is it going to come or not? And then it does it. But do you think so, that's on
0: purpose, though? He's got to be. Hasn't of course, it? yeah.
1: This is all on purpose, mate. So I think. On one hand, I loved it. I, I thought it was a great wrap up, and it does set up a really cool, you know, what's going to come next. Because now that Thrawn is successfully back in the the normal quote unquote galaxy to wreak havoc, and uh, the lightsaber fights and the, the reanimation of the Death Troopers and the Night Sister stuff, it was all great stuff, really cool. And seeing Anakin as a proper Force Ghost, which we questioned, like, You know, you you called it last week. You're like, I don't think we're going to see the end of Anakin. We'll probably see him as a force ghost, all that stuff. So it was all great. You know, it was all smile on your face stuff. But then there was this little sort of voice knocking on the inside of my head, like, this is all just recycled scenes and lines and everything from other, mainly Star Wars, but other bits as well. So that kind of, I don't know, I, I can't stop that little niggle, that little niggly feeling that it wasn't original enough. At the same time, i really liked it. So I'm going to give this an eight and a half, I think.
0: I like it, dude. Yeah, and and I hear those. I I, I go less towards the originality thing because I think Star Wars is known for um, homage to, Mm. you know, it started as a homage, didn't it? You know, to to the old Japanese films and samurai films and the Joseph Campbell stuff, the hero's journey. It was just very like on the nose for it all. Um, So I'm sort of less perturbed by that. I'm more perturbed by this very thing that I was perturbed by in episode one, which is as a fan, I'm like, this is a 10. Like it had everything mm. it felt the most star Wars thing that we've seen forever. Like everything was, was, it was empire with a feeling of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, fights were fantastic. The force was great. Um, the, e- just everything about it was fantastic. And, and Throne was great. The night troopers were great. Um, the, everything that we hated about Rise of Skywalker, like they could have gone to any planet, but they didn't. They went to freaking Dathomir. Like why did the the Rise of Skywalker didn't need to make up Exegol just, and it would have served the same purpose, but they didn't make that mistake with this one. It was like, my mom didn't give a shit about Dathomir. She's just like, Oh, you know, they're back at a planet, are they? But I'm like, whoa, that's where the Night Sisters came from. And that's clearly where such and such happened and whatever, which ties to like Fallen Order and stuff. So I was sort of less perturbed by that aspect that you were, but I was more perturbed by the fact that the, the wow moments were only wow moments to mega fans, especially Anakin, which I loved. Like if we don't see any more Anakin ever, which I think we will, because he's like, so the last time he's just, he's bank now, isn't he? He's just, mm-hmm. he's, 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 he's dollar dollar bills for Disney. But if we don't see Anakin ever again, that Force ghost is everything that we needed, everything that we needed. But mm-hmm. you know, he's not gonna be delighted that they're stranded in another galaxy, let's be honest. He's more delighted that she's let herself become this new entity. Um, But like the Mortis stuff, I was like out of my seat. I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. That's, they are those three. And that came just after the Mirai had appeared to Ahsoka as well. So there's something like, is Mortis in this galaxy? Is this Mortis? Is it not? You know, whatever. Is it Mortis a plane? of I don't know. But there was something there where I was like, fuck me. That is awesome. Not only the Mirai, but then you got Balan on the gods of Mortis. And to have been carved by people and phys- someone's got to have physically seen them. Yeah. So- yeah. Like all those mm. out of your seat moments can only be enjoyed by mega fans. And I think that is where mm. it's Ahsoka overall has, has become like unashamedly for mega fans, which I'm cool because I'm a mega fan, but I can see why people would batter it. And so like from that side, I'd be like, eh. it's a sort of seven out of 10. Because there's loads of little inconsistencies. Like why was there another Jedi ship? Because it was Jedi. It was red and white, the one that Ezra stole to end up back at the rebellion. Was that his ship from Rebel Season 4 that got him to the Chimera? I think it was. Why was it still there?
1: Yeah. And also, how would he be allowed to escape yeah. that easily? Because if there's... Because Thrawn knows everything, right? Exactly. Got, you know, if there's like a little blip on the on the, on the the radar sort of thing, like, so, you know, ship's just been detected leaving the ship, he'd be like, no, no, no. We need to sort this out yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just... Seeming, maybe there was a little scuffle that we didn't see.
0: Maybe probably. I escapes. mean, there's there's you a know. lot of that stuff. I think that we've that we've not seen. But yeah, yeah a that, bit that easy that, though. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And it was sort of like they're the they're the things. Unless it's retconned later, that it's like just let him go, and then we'll find out where the Re- new Republic ships. At. But then they're the government. It's not like the freaking hiding. it's not like the rebels anymore. You know, the tails of turn. Yeah. So it's yeah, <clears throat> yeah from from th- the perspective of a casual. I'm watching Ahsoka, I've not watched anything else. Or I've watched Andor and Mandalorian. I'm like, mm, fucking hell, that's a bit of a seven, that. From mm. a absolute Star Wars mythology, watched everything, really interested in how everything connects. I'm like, that's probably like an 11 out of 10 because of everything that, that's been done. So yeah, it's, it's such a difficult one uh, to judge. And I think more so than any series for me that's come before it, this one is... The one where the the casual fans suffered more, you know, mm, a little bit, yeah. Which I totally get. It was felonia through and through. But um, let's let's talk a little bit about that 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 kind of um, the connectivity element of it. The bail and skull. His his he was barely in it. It was like one scene. So was Shin. Um, you know the the connectivity of of, of where they're going and 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 are they, you know they're leaning on the past we're leaning on Dathomir. we're leaning on um the gods of mortis we're leaning on 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 a lot of elements that are wildly unresolved so that I'm you know straight out with it the connectivity right do we get an Ahsoka season 2 or does this jump straight to the Filoni movie I, what do you think
1: yeah i mean from a cynical point of view, <laughs> you would say that um, they've left this open for a season two of Ahsoka, purely because they need something on the board. <laughs> what I mean by that is when they do the next stakeholder call or the next Star Wars celebration, whatever, to kind of flesh out the million logos that they have up on the screen to say these are the shows we've got coming, you can see Ahsoka 2 on there. So that's the cynical part of me saying that. and. um But the other part of it is how far do they want to go down the road with Balin's character now that um, uh, Ray Seams is no longer with us? Is that a a sensible thing to recast and to follow that journey through to the Mortis stuff and what he's been... Because luckily, I mean, Dave Filoni cheers for this dude because you and I were worried a little bit that this was going to be a Palpatine thing. But it turns out that it's probably... Not that at all, which is good. So it depends on how I think how far they want to dive into the extra lore stuff and pull out of of rebels and whatnot for live action, because um, the Thrawn stuff now that he's back in the regular galaxy and he's been to Dathomir and whatever that can be that can go in a million directions. I think, um, but with the Mortis stuff, that seems to be that needs a little bit more. Um,
0: it almost doesn't fit, does it? Like you couldn't, you couldn't jump to Air yeah. to the Empire unless it's set up, it set up somewhere that the bigger power is also like the uniting threat, and that it's not, you know, it's not an adaptation of Air to the Empire. But if that's, if that, the only way would be for that to be the universal threat to everything that unites that you know, friend, uh, enemy and my enemy is my friend, sort of thing. And and and, but yeah, you're right. It's like you could see that element of it being handled in Ahsoka season two, but not really feeling like it needs Mandalorian and, mm. and, and, uh, you know, whoever else input. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, I know what yeah. you mean with that one. And the Ray Stevenson one is such a conundrum. Like, I saw some fan casting earlier, which is, uh, leave Schreiber as, um, mm-hmm. taking over. And I was like, do you know what? Actually, that's pretty good as, as he looks now that he's actually, he could probably pull that off. Um, yeah, yeah, could. But it's, yeah I I think we'll get in a circus season two, just because I think it's I think it's too like you said too distant from the Mandoverse um apart from, obviously we know the Imperial shadow councils around we saw Pelion we saw the other moths and admirals mm. or whoever else was still remaining um, oh yeah those guys yeah, but there's also like about. I don't know like you said before a people there's Grand Admiral Sloan she's still out there she's pulling the remnants together in the unknown regions already. Like, how does this all connect to that? Do we need another Ahsoka season? Like, And do you want... If you want Ahsoka to end up in the Filoni movie, does Filoni get bashed if he spends 45 minutes of that movie going to get Ahsoka? Because it's like, well, fucking I'll have to have watched this season to enjoy the mo- And I don't think they necessarily want movies to be like that. I think it needs to be almost a level playing field and if you've watched the stuff, all well and good. But if you haven't, you, you it's, it's sort of cool. You know, it's fine. It just, this is a standalone movie. I think movies are too dangerous when they rely on TV shows so much. So it does make me wonder as well whether we'll get that weird middle ground where it's like, um, you know, we, Sabine now goes off in somewhere in the Mandalorian. It's like, oh, this is other the Mandalorian now. Let's go and you go see Bo-Katan. We'll recruit the Mandalorians and spend two episodes going to get Ahsoka. Like that, and that would be pretty, you, you wouldn't really want that. You know what I mean? That'd be pretty shitty. Um,
1: yeah. So you don't want to devote too much time to the Ahsoka stuff in other things. No,
0: it might be better just another series of that to get it yeah. ready, you know?
1: Yeah, of course. And that also gives you a bit of time to flesh out the Sabine stuff as well, because it'd be a bit of a disservice to that character now that she's come this far, and she's somehow unlocked some kind of Jedi. You know, she's gone up a tier, right? Mm -hmm. Another level. Now that she can do the whole force push and the pull thing, and she can sense, um, she she could sense, sorry, Anakin's ghost and whatnot. So that would be a bit of disservice just to ditch that progression that she's made hmm. and you just see her pop up in a film somewhere now yeah and all you, of a sudden she's like full jedi like ray was
0: you just don't want her to become like the, a bit part character dear.
1: exactly yeah because let's face it she has been a fairly she's been a big character in this it's not just been about ahsoka really it's been about sabine's journey more than ahsoka's really to a degree i mean that was the whole thing that was uh, very prevalent as we got through the prequels. When you looked at the whole saga, mm. everybody thought that Star Wars was about the journey of Luke. And really it wasn't, it was Anakin's journey, wasn't it? And Darth Vader's transition and all that stuff. And it's the same kind of vibe with Sabine. Although the show is called The Soka, it's more about her her journey really. So I think if they just ditched that, went to the the Filoni movie or went to Mando whatever. It's like, oh yeah, remember Sabine. She had that you know, really cool journey back in Ahsoka and stuff. But mm. well, how did she get to this bit now then? Oh, we don't know. Don't worry about that. You can go read that book if you want. There's probably a book yeah. and a comic about it. So yeah, I think they need to dedicate more time to Sabine at least. And then also the Mortis stuff with with uh, Balin. I think that re- that all requires more time than you can just put uh, additional characters in a film. That needs another season for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It would... It would be difficult to <clears throat> make that work in a meaningful way. Otherwise, um, and I, like I said, the the only the only way that, that I think that would work is if that you know the thing calling to Balin is just the is the uniting antagonist in in Air to the Empire. Um, but, yeah, yeah. but it just doesn't. It feels like if they do that. People are going to go freaking wild and say that, you know, that th- Thrawn's been shortchanged, which I would agree with. Um, it, it, it does sort of make me wonder if um, they're setting up something like post-air to the Empire, you know, so the throne stuff gets handled and then there's this other thing. But I don't know. It was... I was surprised how little of Shin and Balan that we got in the, in this episode. You know, I thought we'd see more of that. Would you? Would, do you feel the same about that? Would you feel like we mm. would have potentially gotten more?
1: Yeah, Defo. Yeah, I almost forgot about Shin completely. You know, mm. it wasn't until she rocked up and uh, ignited her lightsaber and she's kind of like you said, um, uh, sort of designated herself the leader of the <laughs> the Samurai Tusken Raiders. Up to that point, I was I completely forgot which is a shame because she's um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say she's like this, this character that you can't get enough of, but she certainly yeah. has a level of interest that's um, that you wanted to dive into a little bit more, which I I know that if I'm fully aware that within certain star Wars uh, storytelling, you need to keep the mystique a little bit. You don't want every single thing sort of in your face. So we didn't, we don't need like tons of exposition about how Balin met Sheehan and, how they became a master and apprentice and all, all that stuff. But it would have been nice to have at least included her because she's also been on a bit of a journey, right? Similar to Sabine. Mm-hmm. So and her journey with Balin was cut short because he now we know that this whole Mortis thing was a thing that was that was calling him. And um so he's got his own plan and whatnot. And he cut short his his um his training with, with Shin. Which rarely happens, you know, with um, the, the relationships that you see on screen, at least, with Master and Apprentice stuff. So I'd forgotten she was there. And it's a shame because um, there were a few scenes that could have been that could have been cut short a little bit to allow some time for that. And to be honest with you, I'm surprised that the finale was only 40 minutes as well. Yeah, yeah, Sam. I would have thought we would have got an hour and, and a bit because didn't we have an episode, was it episode one or two? Um or episode, three, I can't remember. Or was it episode five that was a decent runtime?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the Anakin one, the Falonium one, wasn't it?
1: That's right, yeah. So um I'm surprised, yeah, that we didn't get another similar, fairly longer, fairly long episode for this one. Cause that would have been cool to see at least give you a little bit more of a nugget about what Balin's found. Because although that does leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger, which is cool, um, they just weren't in it enough. You know, I I don't know how much of this was filmed while Ray Stevenson was still alive, but um, it it just doesn't feel like they were. You know, like mm. I get it, like Thorn's the main baddie, <laughs> to get that, and um, and Morgan and the Night Sisters and stuff. That was, they had to be, sort of the the focus of mm-hmm. it, I guess, in terms of the the baddies in it, because that's the, that's how we, you build the tension up until the the final act of the episode is, are they going to escape or not? Are they going to stop Thrawn from jumping up, you know, into hyperspace and whatnot? So I get that that's the build up, and you need to to funnel that through, but you've still got this other stuff going on. So I don't know. I'd like to have seen them a little bit more because I'd almost forgotten they were they were part of it.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It was it was they were almost packed up at the end of of, of this episode, weren't they? And it was it was weird because we all we know about them is that they're mercenaries and. It was. It wasn't even made that clear that Balin had totally bailed on her chin. It was sort of we we knew it, we got it, but it wasn't made like explicitly clear. Um, and now you know, and you know they knew they were staying on Peridia. He knew he was staying there. Um, I just feel like there is much more to that one. I do feel like mm-hmm. there is much more to that. I would be surprised. I don't know when the Disney Day is, but is it? They're normally December, aren't they? Around December time. Um, What's like the Investor Day. So I don't know if there's an, oh, an yeah. Investor yeah. Day coming up. Um, let's have a quick look. But it just feels, yeah, there was one in April. There is normally one around December or normally something around December. We'll see. Yeah, anyway. there is. Yeah. Um, I just, feel, I do feel like we're going to get something else. Um, mm. Ahsoka based, which, which I think I'll be delighted by. Um, the lightsaber battles were pretty cool, man. There were some really nice, mm. well, there were some very nice battle scenes in that. What did you make of all that? What did you make of the night troopers? Uh, all those battle scenes, the Morgan-Elspeth fight. Like, what did you make of all that stuff?
1: Yeah, really well done. It's, um, shot beautifully as well, especially that fight scene with Ahsoka and, and Morgan. Really, really cool. And you can tell that those two, even though um, the, who's the actress who plays Morgan? It's something uh, in Sonata. Diana um, Lee Innocento. Innocento, yeah. She, um, she's in great shape. Because I think she's in her forties, right, or early fifties, and um, she's in great shape, man. And she she threw down with Rosario Dawson. And um, is she the daughter of the famous um, mate? Was good. Her dad was good chums with Bruce Lee.
0: Yeah, they're the guys that did. I think it's all the the Wing Chun and the JKD stuff. The Inosanto schools are all across the world. Yeah,
1: yeah, or Kendo. You can tell that she um that she she grew up with that stuff because she must like practice that stuff all the time i'm guessing here big time of course but she um because sometimes when you have older actresses or actors um like we had with that recent um arnie series um all the scenes where like there's somebody jumping around it's clearly a stunt double who's doing the fight scenes and then on the close-ups it cuts to the actual actors but you could tell that she was doing it all and um it was beautifully shot and uh and then the other scenes with now that ezra's finally got you know his own lightsaber and he's cutting loose alongside Sabine and stuff. It was all really well done. And they borrowed a little bit from the recent um, Jedi survivor video game as well. There's um, they have these things there are called stances where you can change from like a dual wheel to a double ended lightsaber. And one of the stances is a single bladed lightsaber with a blaster pistol. And that's what Sabine was rocking for. Uh, one of the scenes with the death troopers and stuff. So, uh, all that stuff, dude. Loved it. it. Looked really good. Cinematically beautiful. And, um, like, yeah, just, just really well done.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was nicely choreographed. It was nicely put together. Um, and I, there wasn't too much of it as well. I think sometimes you can be a bit gratuitous with things like that, but it wasn't, it was nicely done. The balance was good. You know, the, the night troopers I thought were excellently done as well. Um, you know, very kind of disconcerting, very sort of bizarre feeling, bizarre looking. Um and I do think that Morgan Elspeth fight with Ahsoka was 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 excellent, really, really good. Um the 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 whole Sabine and everything thing as well, like they sort of just fell into a stride. That the the casting for those two, I think, has been perfect. They've nailed the characteristics, all the little even the little looks and the reactions to things they're all very much in keeping with the rebels characters so I really enjoyed that I love the sort of homage a couple of homages to to uh, uh to Kanan in there as well and you know Huyang referencing reference him as Caleb as well which I thought was really nice um it was yeah it was it just felt well considered you know the whole episode mm. and I was I'm fascinated by like the night sisters me I didn't expect them to be the ones that would be going back to Dathomir and essentially what I can assume to be just restarting the Knight Sisters of Dathomir, you know, because after Dooku wiped them. Um, I mm. just didn't expect that. I thought it'd be Morgan going back and, you know, now she got imbued with the power. I thought she'd be the one that's going, goes back and, and, uh, and just, you know, she sort of restarts that order off, but it looks like the Knight Sisters are back. There's three of them. Off you go. Um, <clears throat> I was, I was quite interested in that one.
1: Um, there was, yeah, that scene as well, when, when Thrawn says to Morgan, we need more time. Yeah. He's essentially saying you're probably going to die at this point, Yeah, but we we expect a sacrifice from you for the, for the, the bigger cause, you know? And she makes the mistake. It's the first time that she makes the mistake of saying everyone's loyal to you, basically to Thrawn. Mm. And he corrects her. He's like, no, 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 this is for the empire. It's not for me. So you can tell just how, Because at this point, we mustn't assume that Morgan and anyone else has told him that Palps is presumably toast. Yeah, you'd think so. So, We said
0: that on the last episode. Like, what does he know?
1: Yeah. So this was before they ended up in his galaxy to rescue him. We're pretty sure that he's been communicated with somehow. You know, he's got the email. So now that they're in, like, the conference room properly and he's been given the PowerPoint presentation, he obviously knows that, that Palps is gone. The Empire's fallen. But he's still 100% loyal. So do you think that feeds into the wider, the namesake, the, the heir to the Empire? Do you feel like his his motive now is to pick up the slack and reform the Empire? Or do you feel like he's just a servant to it and whoever is going to be top dog is, you know, fine
0: with him? Hmm. I'm not sure, you know. I'm not sure. I feel... Yeah, no. I feel it's probably him. He feels he's probably leading it at this point right. because he's a grand admiral. Well, there's grand admirals. Was she a grand admiral, Ray Sloan? And I just I feel like she's. Uh, they're, they're. Let me rephrase it. If there's anyone you'd want to leave the empire to, it's probably going to be Thrawn out of everyone. Like if you line all your grand admirals up, like Thrawn's clearly the best tactician and strategist out of them. So. You you would imagine that so yeah I think he thinks but what I I'm not entirely sure whether he knows about the imperial remnant like the one that we see in aftermath the one that we know right now at this time is out in the unknown regions under Sloan, under Massameda. Uh, and actually he's, at this point I think he's, he's surrendered, he surrendered Annie so he yeah, um, he, yeah it, it, that's what I wonder uh, and that's where I suppose that question will come come into play a little bit more because inevitably if they do do air to the empire, it's going to, the, the people will ask, how did that lead to the first order? Um, and it just, you've got to answer that. Like, you know, cause it's already established that race loan is the person that starts to bring it all together. So you've mm-hmm. got, you, you I think it just needs addressing. You know, the more that you watch this and more you think about it, um, the, the, the worse the sequels are, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's almost like if you'd not thought, the fir- if you didn't think of the First Order back then for The Force Awakens, like don't do it, take those out, imagine nothing else exists. Imagine what the future of Star Wars would look like if you didn't have yeah. to reconcile it to those.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, you do not like some of the sequel stuff, do
0: you? I love Force Awakens. I really like Last Jedi. And I just think it was, it was looking back if they were doing this sort of plan, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, do you know what I mean?
1: I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, um, we need one of those, uh, you know, some YouTube videos where somebody has recorded something and then gone back in the edit and realized they've said something loads of times, they put a little bell counter on. Yeah, we need one of those on this show for every time that you say "ex
0: Yeah, fucking hell, you fucking Exagol. <laughs>
1: but, um, <laughs> what I was, yeah, I, I, what I was alluding to is it's kind of weird how something as big and as powerful as the First Order, seemingly just appears out of nowhere. Yeah. Unless unless you've really dived into some of the extended material outside of the movies and stuff. Because they don't even explain or give you any backstory in the films, do they? You're talking about the sequel trilogy. Yeah, All they say is like, I think it's in the opening crawl maybe, something like the First Order is born from the ashes of the, the the Fallen Empire or something
0: like that. It was some, Yeah, it is something like that in it?
1: Yeah, so you, you have no idea where that's... Because let's face it, it's not... Like the Rebels, you could explain that one off. You could be like, well, there was a couple of dudes from that planet, a couple of dudes from that um, who were undercover in the Senate. There was a couple of people from there. They were just doing their little thing, and then they banded together. And you had no idea where they came from because they were a small group of, you know, rebels. But the First Order, they converted an entire fucking planet... Mm into a, you know, and they've got all this stuff. It's like the Empire version two, right? Mm. On steroids. So how how do you go from Thrawn escaping back to his own galaxy with the Empire, although they've got like the remnant knocking around and stuff like that, there's nothing happening at the minute with the construction of the Death Star number three, Mm. essentially, from The Force Awakens. There's none of that happening at this point. So who does that? You mentioned Sloan, obviously brings that together. But in the meantime, how do they tell that story? I mean...
0: Yeah, especially when it's like the planet is Islam, which is, you know, that's been seen in Clone Wars and and so on and so forth. Like they've literally almost terraformed an entire damn planet. It's not like the Death Star where you could just be like, we're going to move it out to Geonosis and then we're just going to do all sorts of other stuff and we're going to hide the construction in prisons. We're going to... Um, <clears throat> slaughter the De- Ocean so they can't tell anyone. You know, that's been retconned to be reasonably all right, reasonably believable. Um, mm. Nip down the screw fix. Get down screw fix, right? And then get some spares in case we need another one. And then, <laughs> th- but then, like you said, like they've literally terraformed a damn planet that is known to be a place where Jedi go to get kyber crystals that you would think someone like Lou could be like, keep hold of that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah, there's a, that's what I mean. And it, don't get me wrong. I really love Force Awakens. I think it's a great film. I, I, and I've got a lot of respect for The Last Jedi and elements of Rise of Skywalker. Um, but when you, I think it just shows that they didn't have a plan. It just, it highlights mm. more when you see the stories that they're telling now, and cause realistically with, with you know, stories of this quality, you and depth, you easily get to a point where you could just bring the empire back. Like you don't have to fuck about with the first order. You don't have to mess about with um, Snoke. And, and, and yeah, if you bring the emperor back, you know, but do it, do it in a way where thrones are one with the cloning chambers and, or, or something, you know, do. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, I think it just highlights what a shame it was to squander the chance of the big three being back, you know? Yeah. And I think what they should have done, actually, I've got a
1: question for you in a second. I'll come on to that. Um, What they should have done, in my opinion, because you've read it, I think as well, it's a really good book called Us, which I think is non-canon, right? Uh, Was that part of the...
0: It is non-canon, just about.
1: Yeah. But there was uh, the whole sort of vibe of that. No spoilers if you haven't read it, but, um, Plagueis was essentially researching how to have eternal life via the force or at least put a stopper in being able to be killed using the force. So they should have gone down that road with Palpatine instead of going down this whole cloning thing and doing the whole, you know, let's do the whole Snoke thing and let's do using as a test subject. And that's going to, you know, we can bring Palpatine back as a clone and all this shit. It should have been like the Force. That's, you know, that's the whole... He should have re... In the background, as a... You know, when we get to the sequel trilogy, towards the end of it, at least, it's like, well, how is Palpatine back? Well, what we didn't know is alongside all this stuff he was doing with Anakin and prepping him, to, you know, to come over to the dark side and all that stuff, he was also off at this other place researching this whole Force thing and how we can live on so if his physical body was to be destroyed, he can come back. Not by somebody else doing a cloning experiment he's managed to sort of circumvent death and come back via the force. Um, and then that's your doorway into the empire version two, you know, palp is back. Anyway. Um, how did Ezra get another kyber crystal to make his lightsaber, dude? I'm confused. mate,
0: That's what I thought. That was literally my first thought. The second he started building one, literally that was, that was my only thought. And it was cute to see it happening. Um, Mm. I don't know. I mean, you could explain it as Huyang Yang just had one, but then they're supposed to get called. Yeah, because he's got a workshop on it. That's the that's the easy one. Like, I've got a spare one. Um, the yeah, alternative true. is that, that there's just some on Peridia that you can find. Um, we, you can easily retcon it and say, Kyber Crystals are from all planets. It's just some are richer than others. You know, it's one of them. But yeah, I did think that. I did think, I reckon the easiest one is just Huyang oh, Yang had one knocking around. It's like the
1: A-Team, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, big that time. Bit. You know, we'll just wander into the back part of the spaceship. There's a few spanners lying around, and a few old bits, a washer over there, spring. And then all of a sudden, you've got a pretty good looking lightsaber, let's be fair. Because how did... That's Ahsoka's ship, isn't it? That's not... It's just, I find it... Anyway, I don't want to be a negative ninny. I just find it weird that wherever um, Hu Yang goes, he brings all of his spares with him. You know, and all of that stuff that just seems—I don't know—but
0: it's that's his home. home convenient. That, that's what they said earlier. Yeah. That's the home for the last X amount of years. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's convenient. That's the, there was a lot of convenience, right? So for me, it was. Yeah. There's an interesting yeah. tidbit where Ezra said Thrawn found this planet, which I thought was interesting. So he, he, we were like at the beginning. Isn't it just lucky that at the end of the route was the planet where the Night Sisters are from? <laughs> Like, yeah. that was lucky. And it turns out it wasn't. It ter- There's an untold story there, which, you know, is around how long did Ezra spend on Thrawn's ship? I think it's longer than we think, because it made out that Thrawn had found this place um, later on and, you know, identified it and uh, as being part of somewhere where the Night Sisters are from. So I don't know. There's a There's maybe a story there. I think we'll get that in a book <clears throat> or a comic. I think that is... That's that's prime book fodder because it doesn't really matter. But you and me'd be interested. Um, yeah. I mm. the, the one last thing we'll wrap up on is um, the reunion with Ezra and Hera. I loved that. You know, getting back to the New Republic ships, all of the big Vanguard greeting him because this is a bad guy in bloody s- weird stormtrooper armor. And then Chopper being the one that's like, "No, he's good." I he can sort of, I don't know. I just there's got a good feeling about this one. Um, I thought it was played very, very well. And I'm, I'm really glad. I know it sounds weird. I, I think I think it would be amazing to see that union between Ezra and, and, and Jason um, and the hug and, and all that sort of stuff between Ezra and Hera, which um, I was surprised we didn't see. I'm glad we didn't get any more of that reunion because I think that would deserve such a bigger chunk of time than it would have been allowed. I'm glad they just left it there in the hangar. Um, and we can handle that if we need to in the future. Because I, th- I think if we were to get a sequel, uh, a season, I, I think it would probably just pick up straight after where we left off, um, to be totally honest. So, uh, yeah, what did you think of that, dude? Yeah, it was cool. And it, I think that was done in a
1: really good way in terms of, it it calls back to some of the stuff that Ezra got up to. When you, if you watch any of Star Wars Rebels, Ezra frequently wore Stormtrooper stuff to kind of infiltrate things and blend in and and whatnot and it was also a bit of a callback wasn't it to um when Luke and Han wear Stormtrooper outfits in A New Hope and stuff so it's it had a very it, it was one of those lovely things that they do in Star Wars sometimes where it's got a classic feel coupled with a new Star Wars feel and it kind of meets in the middle somewhere so that was done really nicely and the reaction from from um Hero was really nice as well and and all that so yeah I thought that was done really well dude and it's um and again, that's another little setup, isn't it, for season two? Because I know you've got Thrawn going off and doing that, and Ahsoka stuck there on uh, Peridia with Sabine and whatnot. You've now got, um, and I can't wait to see the look on that dude's face in the Senate. You know, the one that was really oh, chopping it yeah. here at it. He was like, didn't buy words you were saying. Now Ezra's going to just lay it all out, and they're all going to look at him and be like, "Mm hmm, yeah, nice one, dude." If we had your way, <laughs> she'd be in Nick. You know, it'll all be kicking off. So, yeah, uh, uh, that's really cool. And then just lastly, dude, before we wrap up, um, I thought Anakin's Force Ghost was um, was a nice little, nice little closing element. Yeah, that was going to be my last point as well, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was mm. nice to see that. I didn't expect that, if I'm totally honest. I didn't expect it. I was delighted that we got it, um, and I was – I think they played it nicely, the whole satisfied sort of content look on his face, him being a proper – force ghost and all that you know all the good stuff that we saw so I, I was i was nearly in tears on that one i thought that was absolutely mint um the yeah the, i suppose that leaves a lingering question again same question i asked last time will we see anakin again
1: i think so i think now that we've seen him as a force ghost here i think we're going to have a few obi-wan force ghost-esque scenes with him and ahsoka probably yeah. him and sabine um, i don't like that. know
0: how you can leave the the, the, the money on the table of a uh, Luke and, and Anakin. Well,
1: well, this is the thing that we was, I was saying at the very beginning where they've recycled bits from other Star Wars because when Luke's at this point where he's on Dagobah and Obi-Wan turns up and they have a little conversation and he's like, look, you know, this is the situation. You've got to finish your training. You've got to do all this. I think this is going to be a thing with Sabine where she's going to have a chat with Obi-Wan you know, and he's going to be like, look, just trust in Ahsoka, you know, she'll, she'll finish up your training. Everything's going to be cool. And then he'll speak to Ahsoka, but like, don't worry, you know, you guys are stranded. There's always a way. He's not going to give them the answers of course, but he'll be like, you know, you've got work to do here because there's this other dude over here and there's this thing happening over here on this giant statue that, you know, little wink to the viewer. You know, you saw that last time, didn't you? All good. You guys have got to fix this. You are here for a reason, because Ahsoka did say that, didn't she? She's like, I think we're here for a reason. So I think this is gonna all coalesce into the yeah. whole Bail and searching with the with the the whole um, Mortis stuff. And then once that's fixed, they'll find a way back. And by that time, you know, it will kicked off with Thrawn, and we'll see what happens there. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was a really nice little scene, dude. And 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 the way that Hayden Christensen played that, no words at all, just a look on his face. You could tell that. Faloni or whoever had directed him to say just think to those scenes that you did at the end of Return of the Jedi have that kind of quietly, happy confident, you know redempted redemption look on your face you're not doing this in terms of you're not looking as Anakin as you did in the flashback one you're Anakin as you've fully transferred and redeemed yourself to the into the force and yeah it's just brilliant dude really cool
0: so the thing is though, force ghosts can clearly travel between any galaxy where the Force exists. Why didn't Anakin just like, right, you lot are stuck here. Give me five minutes. Straight back over. Luke, 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 Luke. Luke. What? You're not going to believe this. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're not going to believe this. Remember I told you about, and then you met, and the thing with the, yeah? Right. It's so all it is. I know <laughs> how I'll get there, yeah? All it is, I know the coordinates. Why would you know the coordinates? Because I can get there. Dickhead.
1: Yeah, we we have to talk about Luke in a future episode, dude, but they're going to have to include something to do, because you would, you would assume that Anakin and Luke have c- conversed. Well, it was in
0: sh- somehow Shadows of the right? Sith, which I think is about this time as well, where he's off. Pissing about with uh, um, (laughs) Law Van Law Van Secker Law Van Secker, you know the kid from Force Awakens, old Max von Sydow, Ming the Merciless, and uh, it's in that book, isn't it? Where Luke gets saved by Anakin's Force Ghost, and they talk. So yeah, you got to think that. And this is the thing I said it when this the last time I'll say it for a bit. (laughs) You can't have thrown back without someone going, "Go and get Luke." Go and get Leia. No. Go and get Han. And then, unless it's just one of the... And I, it, this is where it'd be so shit. We can't. Why? He's on a mission. Well, where is he? <laughs> he's off the grid. Oh, so just... That's just one to get. That's it, yeah? So, right, okay. Yeah, no, so he can't be involved. Definitely can't get hold of him. Can't get hold of him, <laughs> mate, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. Have you tried? Don't need to try. He told me, yeah? So, <laughs> yeah, the... That's that's mm. a challenge, and I believe Filoni will handle it. I do. Mm.
1: It is a big challenge, though. Because like you said at the very beginning, for mega fans who have read all of the Air to the Empire stuff and kind of know what's going on in the background in the wider galaxy and everything, mm. that's got to happen at some point, so they'll have to recast Luke or do the whole DH thing, I don't know, but yeah, it's... I said to Luke, I said... The empire's not done, he said. It is done, he said. It's not done, and he'll be surprised when I tell him that it's not done. The empire's back, Thrawn's back, they're back, and he'll have to say sorry to me because he said it was done and it's not. That'll
0: learn him. Get cue That'll the rumours of bedtime. Sebastian Stan being Luke starting up again.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. Mate. As soon as you mention I'm Luke all right with that.
0: anything. I, I, I think you'd be sound with that. I think you'd be all right. I'd be sure. I'd almost at this... Look, I mean, I want to see Mark Hamill in everything and I would love them to do like the old Luke narrating thing, which they'll never do. But I, I, at this point, I think they have got to think if they're going to do more in this time zone, they've got to do something with Leia, Luke and Han. For
1: sure. Yeah. It's too big a thing. It is. For them to sit it out.
0: Yeah. All right, listen, we've enjoyed... The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. It's like Chronicles of (laughs) Night. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed the entire season. We're going to reflect on this probably more over on SparkofRebellion.com as we get back to our regular Star Wars news podcast next week. Thank you for joining us for this limited run on the Ahsoka Review podcast, if that is where you've been listening. For everyone, all of our loyal fans who have been listening in the Spark of Rebellion feed as well, we will be back, like I said, to normal next week. We really hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know on Twitter. If you've uh, if you if you've loved the soccer, if you've been ambivalent, or if you've hated it, do let us know, and we will be back. So until next week, guys. Always a pleasure, my man.
1: Indeed, yes, it's good to talk through this one. Some interesting points. I thought we would be like over the moon, going nuts with this whole thing, but yeah, with some interesting points it's raised. Some really good talking points. So yeah, we'll we'll wax some more about this on the old SOR, and uh, we'll be back for that next week. So until then get the soaker watched again because we'll be talking about it i'm sure in the meantime take care of yourself and may the force be with you always